It's daytime, and four men are seated at a table in a crowded downtown coffee shop. One of the men opens a bag and checks a laptop that's inside of it. A small red light shines out from the computer, showing him that it's powered up and ready to go. He then passes the whole thing over to a guy sitting across from him who slings the computer bag over his shoulder, adjusts his well-worn baseball hat, and walks up to the counter. Excuse me. The counter is teeming with people, all waiting for their coffees to be made. It's a tight squeeze up there, and the man with the baseball hat keeps apologizing to the people in line as he squeezes past them, seemingly headed towards the front of the line. But right before reaching the counter, he bumps into somebody, smacking his computer bag against his chest as he passes. I'm sorry, says the man in the baseball hat as he pushes past him, eventually reaching the counter where he puts a dollar bill into the tip jar. The man in the baseball hat returns to his table and looks around at his friends. He's clutching the computer bag tight against his chest and smiling. Then we look up to the man standing in line, the man he had just bumped up against moments earlier. We can now see that there's something hanging around this man's neck. It's his employee security pass. And all of the sensitive information that this card contains, it's just been stolen in order to gain entry into one of the most secure buildings in the country. That was a scene from the television show, Mr. Robot. And if you're wondering why so many of the opening scenes from this podcast come from Mr. Robot, it's because one of the things Mr. Robot is known for is they get hacking right. So if we're to take a scene like this at face value, those cards that a lot of us use to get into our places of work, they're pretty easy to hack, which should really be cause for alarm. Now, before we get too deep into this, it helps to understand a little bit about the technology that goes into these cards. It's a technology called Radio Frequency Identification, or RFID for short. It uses electromagnetic fields to identify objects, which is really just a fancy way of saying that every RFID chip has on it electronically stored information that can be used to identify the person or thing that it's supposed to identify. And those chips aren't just in our employee access tags. They're everywhere. They can be found in our passports. They're in some of our credit cards. They're used to authenticate poker chips in casinos. The shipping industry uses RFID to track the whereabouts of freight. They're used in in many places to board public transport. They, They help keep track of library books. The NFL even uses this technology to measure the player's speed, distance, and direction that they might have traveled during any given play. And that microchip you may have implanted in Rover, in case your little puppy ever got lost, that's RFID too. So if so much of our lives have become intertwined with this technology, why does a Google search of the words RFID and hacking turn out scores of articles with headlines like, hacking RFID tags is easier than you think? So I'm curious, have we really trusted so many of our key daily transactions to a technology that can so easily be hacked? We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete, but will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm here, as always, with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Hello, Bruce. Hi, Jeff. How are you today? Very well, thank you. 
In just a few minutes, a hacker is going to show me just how easy it is to clone one of those RFID key cards that's used to get into so many offices and condos, as well as a whole slew of other places and, and applications. I first want to know, am I overstating it here? Is RFID technology truly everywhere? Well, you know, it's interesting. You see RFID everywhere, obviously in your your passes for getting into work. A lot of, of the newer passports actually have RFID chips in them as well. Um, and some of the contactless payment systems. I mean, the older ones, they, the newer ones have a modified version of that. Um, so it's really kind of shows up everywhere. It's really, you know, it, it's it's got a lot of benefits because it's easy to install. It's pretty lightweight. Uh, doesn't add a lot of space, you know, to make things too bulky. But it's incredibly insecure. And so if it's so insecure, why is it so commonplace? Well, it's easy to use, right? And and to be honest, it's insecure, but it does require specialized equipment to take advantage of that insecurity. So I don't know if this is possible to do for a simpleton like me, Bruce, but can you explain in a layman's sense what is RFID and how does it work? Sure. Um, you know, RFID is basically, it's, it's a tag system, right? So you've got uh, a small transmitter that transmits a signal and then you have a receiver, right? That's going to obviously receive that signal. And the, the transmitter, I mean, based on, based on the, the guts of RFID and how it works, uh, doesn't actually require power for most of them. Things like, um, you know, your, your hotel key or even your you know, RFID in your passport is basically just a little flat antenna that is there transmitting a specific sequence and when it, when it comes in contact with the reader, that reader scans and finds the information and, and is able to, to basically process that. It's interesting you said at first that it's kind of an older technology. Mm -hmm. It's an older technology, but a technology we certainly see everywhere. And, and one of the stories we came across, which kind of boggled my mind for a whole variety of reasons, is, have you heard about this? People that implant RFID chips in their body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So our story producer, Mark Apollonio, talked to a journalist who did this in the name of journalism. Hmm. She had an RFID chip implanted, and it's totally weird, and I want to play that for you now. <laughs> awesome. Journalist Olivia Salon undertook a small foray into the world of cyborgism. Here she tells us what it was like. I'd say it was probably more painful than my belly button piercing, but less pa painful than a tongue piercing, um, if that's helpful to anyone. Yeah, not so helpful for me. I've yet to get my belly button pierced. Same goes for my tongue. But for those of us non-pierced folk, in a few minutes, Olivia Salon will give us some more examples of what it felt like to have an RFID chip implanted in her hand. Olivia Salon is a senior reporter with the UK's The Guardian newspaper. She's based in the San Francisco Bureau, and she's telling us the story of when she traveled up to River Falls, Wisconsin, where this small company called Three Square Market was offering its employees the opportunity to have RFID chips implanted in their hands. When it came to getting the chip put in, I sat at a table with a, a piercer, a guy, a bearded man with lots of tattoos called Andy. And he, first of all, prepared the, um, an area of my hand, like between my fourth finger and thumb, the sort of fleshy part. He sterilized it with sort of alcohol wipes. And then he took out this um, sharp sort of doweling rod type of device to put the little microchip, which is about the size of a grain of rice, under my skin. 
So initially it was really quite creepy because because of the way it had been put in, there was a kind of tunnel that had been opened up in my hand and I could sort of push the little grain of rice around in this little, I mean, it was about maybe a four centimeter tunnel. I could push it around, slide it around under the skin and it was sort of looked a bit like, I don't know, like a little creature burrowing around underneath. Um, now it's stuck in the in one place and if I've just got my hand relaxed, I can't see it. But if I sort of clench my hand into a fist, you can sort of see it bulging a tiny little bit. So it's a tiny bit painful and it's creepy, but more than 50 employees of this small Wisconsin company, Three Square Market, took up their employer's offer to have RFID chips implanted in their hands. Why? Because with these implants, you can do things like enter the building just by flashing your hand at an RFID chip reader. You can go and buy stuff at the canteen, pay with your hand, or log into your computer with your hand. <laughs> I did use it in the canteen to purchase a candy bar. I bought um, a Kit Kat from a vending machine. It's a... Uh, it's a pretty lame level of functionality. I would say I'm more of a sort of key fob than I am a Robocop. Despite her own weak cyborg credentials, Olivia does see some cool applications for RFID chip implants. In Sweden, she says the uptake of this technology is, is much more widespread. And over there, key fob people like her can do some pretty cool stuff. They have tens of thousands of people using them on the Swedish rail system. They say that it could be used to pay for everything in shops, like just like you might use Apple Pay, that we could use them to store our medical records. But Olivia Solon doesn't live over in Sweden or Wisconsin. In her day-to-day -day life, there's just not a whole lot she can do with her bionic hand. She got the implant as a journalistic undertaking to better understand from the inside what it was like getting chipped. She says getting it removed would involve a small incision on her hand with a scalpel, preferably operated by a medical professional. So for now, Chip's just gonna stay where it is. It doesn't bother me. It's it's a cool thing to think about. I might, you know, buy the kit to reprogram it at some point and, um, you know, mess around with stuff in, in the home. But um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's something that I'll keep and uh, will tell people about in the future. So that was story producer Mark Apollonio talking with Olivia Solon, who now has this goofy, maybe it's not goofy, I shouldn't judge, this piece of like RFID chunk of rice implanted in her hand. And it only works at a place that she doesn't even work. So it's really just... <laughs> Goodness. And I, I guess, and I would worry that, that, you know, you hear all sorts of things about the body rejecting like transplants, like organs that the body needs. Wouldn't the body, wouldn't, is that not a concern? Let's take a step back though. This is not the first time that RFID tags have been injected into living beings when your dog gets chipped. That's true. At the pound, My dog it's has one. Basically that. So, so there is a way for, for living things to, to have RFIDs inserted into them and as, as dogs have proven. But of course, more common than having them actually inserted into your body is having it on some kind of card or something, a card to get into a building, your office, or your, your apartment. A hacker named Tim Martin, he has a condo that has these cards to get in, and, mm -hmm. and he's figured out a way, uh, which I understand is quite a common way, to duplicate these and can basically be duplicated 
for any sort of RFID card. So he's promised to show me how, and apparently it's very easy. And I'm sort of excited and terrified to see what he does. I'm, I'm sure he makes his neighbors very nervous. <laughs> I'm sure he does too. <laughs> Tim Martin. Hello. You are a, a pen tester? Yeah, I do all the physical stuff. So I break into buildings all the time. It's uh, a lot of fun. Awesome. So you're, you're, this is, you're just hired to, to, to break stuff. I, I'm basically a professional thief. Excellent. And I don't get to go to jail, so it's way better. <laughs> okay. We're outside of your condo. Yep. Assumably you have a key to get in. I do have a key to get in, so if I screw up, we'll, we'll be good. We won't freeze to death out here. Okay, because it's really cold. Yeah. But you're, you're going to show us how you can replicate a key fob that would get you into a condo or an office building mm -hmm. or whatever. Exactly. This is a pretty common piece of technology that's used a lot now because people are moving away from keys, like physical keys. They think it's, you know, old technology. Now we got the new stuff, which are RFID readers. And uh, they're commonly used, like, in everything, including, like, my bus pass, your office building, you know, your garage door kind of thing most of the time. And it's, it's cheaper. That's why people are moving to it. But it's less secure because it's easier to copy. What we're going to do is we're going to capture the, uh, the data from the chip using the RFID reader antenna, okay. which I've got conveniently uh, located in my sleeve. You're wearing a hoodie, and then underneath your sleeve, which I never would have noticed, a, it looks like a an old 45 record. An old 45 but record, tinier. a little smaller. Yeah, I know. Okay, that's super creepy. Yeah. And in a bulky hoodie, I hadn't noticed you had bulky hoodie exactly. And that's how I do most of my work. I, you know, look like a regular college student. I got my my backpack on. The cable goes all the way into it. It's hooked up into a laptop, and I can just come by as you're holding your keys and wave my arm by you. And now I've got your ID. Okay, hold on. I want to check out the setup because we've been standing here for a few minutes and I didn't notice it. Okay, so you're you're wearing a, a gray hoodie and you have what looks like a normal backpack on. Yep. You have on your strap to your wrist is this RFID sensing device? It's a low frequency antenna. So it, frequency it can sense basically anything within a certain range. Mostly it's all radio stuff. That's the range that RFID readers work on. So I just, if this thing gets close enough, it'll pick the data up. And now I've got that. <laughs> And, and you have a wire running from this device on your wrist, up your arm. Into my backpack. Out the top of your hoodie, into the arm of your backpack, and I guess into your backpack itself. Yep. Okay, that is. And you didn't even notice till I showed you. That is super cool. Yeah. Okay. So, show me how to do this. So what we'll do now is uh, we'll record the information from the key. Okay. And then what we'll do is we'll take that information off and put it on this guy. Okay. And where do, you, where do you get a blank card from? Uh, you can buy them on the internet. They're really cheap. I bought like a pack of like 30 of these for like 10 bucks. Okay. They're super easy to manufacture because it's literally just a piece of plastic and some copper. Not a lot of thinking needs to go into this. Okay. You just bought a whole pack of blank cards. Yep. So let's just try the blank card on the door. Sure. So we'll go in. So we got the reader down here. And we put the card up on it. It doesn't work. Okay. No. The, card, the card does not work on the reader. So, so the no. card is blank and hasn't been activated. Exactly. It's just got basically no information. Whereas if we were to try the actual card, it would sound like this. Okay, and you got a fancy talking door. We have a nice talking door, it's okay, great. Excellent. So now, how do you make that card magic? You gotta take the backpack off to actually put it on there. Where do you wanna do that? We'll just walk in and sit okay. down real quick. Okay, so we've got the program running now. Okay. So if we do, uh, so this is the low frequency antenna. So if we use the command that says low LF search, so we're searching for low frequency uh, information, it's going to come up and say there's there's nothing, right? So we've got nothing on there. And so it's just looking in the low frequency radius for Basically. other RFID. Anything that's close enough is trying to see if I, it can pick up any signal because we don't have anything close enough. 
no dice. Whereas okay. if we put my actual key fob just on there, we run it again. So you, you put your key fob right on the thing. Oh my God. And now there's a crazy amount of data there. So it, it's sniffing the data from your, your key fob that yeah. will open your contract. So you can see here, uh, it says facility and it's got a number here. So that's my building okay. version of that, the code or whatever. And then the important information here is called the, the ID. So this thing in this bracketed area, that, that defines me as a person to my building. So it's this, you know, I don't know, 15 character uh, string of numbers and letters. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to do now... So you know, you've, you've got that. I've got my information, that's me. So you could have just been wearing your, your creepy hacker getup yep. and just, you know, come to my house, seen my key dish... Wave you know, my magic hand wave, over top. <laughs> wave your magic hand over top and boom, you would have had all this information. Exactly. Wow. So now what we're going to do is we're going to take a blank card here. Okay. So this one's nice and blank. Uh, we'll do a search here just to make sure it is blank. It says, uh, yeah, no, there's nothing there. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we are going to clone the data. So we're just going to take the exact number and it says done. So you, you just put that card on top of the antenna yeah. and it just zapped all the information to it. Just put it right into it. So if we do an LF search again, we can now see this card now looks exactly like that one. Oh, it's with the same... The exact same nice pretty graph that we've got. And the, what's the word for it, the string? The user ID. The user ID, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> same user ID, okay. Yeah, so now we should be able to go and use this card and unlock the door. And so this blank card is... Is now is a key fob for my building. Wow. Yeah. You want to go downstairs and see if this cloned RFID thing works? Yeah, sure. We are back in the uh, outside doorway of your building mm -hmm. with your cloned card. Yep, looks nothing like my key fob. Nothing like key fob, and just a few moments ago, it was a blank white Yeah, and we card. rubbed it up against there, nothing worked at all. So nothing now, we rub it up. The door is now open. Please enter the building. Ta-da. Okay, that is super cool, and it was all in it, and it looked easy. It's pretty easy. I mean, I didn't have to think very hard, you know, to figure out how to do it. You know, anybody with, you know, a credit card and 200 or so bucks on the internet can do this. Wow. You've kind of blown my mind a little bit. You know, I got an RFID card in the mail the other day that came with a little foil pouch, which I'm never sure whether to keep it in or not. Uh, <laughs> but I think you've convinced me to do that. Yeah, 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 definitely good. A lot of companies will ship them with a little nice foil pouch, and that definitely helps save them in the long run, hopefully. Wow. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Tim. I, uh, I appreciate your uh, being on the side of good. No problem, man. All right. Take care. I'm here once again with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. That, you know, I, I don't know why I'm surprised mm -hmm. how easy these things are to hack. But again, I was surprised. You know, his super hacker getup was super cool to watch. Right. But, but, but what really is going to stick with me is how how easy it is and how little it costs to set up something like this. Yeah, I mean, it really is kind of a bit of security theater, right? I mean, the company goes to the the trouble of, of getting these ID tags that say, you know, that you make sure that your badges badge you in and you can you you can't get into the facility unless you have this thing. And it it produces this feeling of, oh, we're doing something to secure our environment, or we're doing something to to keep people the bad guys out or unauthorized people from entering. But it really is very easy, as you saw to to copy these cards. Well, and I work at home now and I mm -hmm. don't have a little RFID card, but the last office I worked in, 
I had to, I'm pretty sure I had to give a deposit for the RFID card. And oh, I think really? It was like, I think it was like 50 bucks. And I'm now feeling like they hosed me. Oh, they did. Because, because the card itself, I now know you can, co- I could have just bought a copier and, and for pennies made myself a new card and given cards to all my friends and sold them to people on the street. You know, in fact, it's probably not a bad idea if you, if you go to, a, if you start working for a company that charges you if you misplace your card then, you know, just have a few spares at home. So if this technology is as prevalent as it is, and it's here to stay, and we are all working places that have these and trying to get into apartment buildings that have them, they're in our passports, Mm -hmm. what can we do to keep ourselves safe? Well, you know, it's interesting. There's a a few things you can do. You've probably seen the the ads for, you know, RFID blocking wallets. Yeah, is that a scam or is that a thing? No, it actually works. It, it, okay. it actually works. But again, it's, you know, are you going to keep your your company badge in your wallet? You know, it's it's one of those things. Like what, how, how does that work? How does it block? It's basically just a, a metal mesh that prevents any signal from entering or, or exiting. It's it's based on, you know, it's kind of like a little mini Faraday cage, right? Okay. Um, that blocks any signal from entering or leaving. Okay, that's one thing. What, is there anything else? You know, and I would actually recommend that, that companies don't, print information on the badge. It's so, you know, like if, if you think about the, um, you know, it shows up in Mr. Robot, right? Where somebody see, you know, sees an employee with the, from the company that they want to break into and they, they see their badge and they see that they work for, you know, E-Corp or whatever. Yeah. It makes it an easy target, right? And it's, you know, oh, that's so you say, oh, that person works for the company I'm trying to, to break into. Then, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and scan that. My company badge has no identification on it <laughs> at all. It's yeah. just a blank piece of, you know, piece of plastic. That's um, super smart. So, I mean, that's that's a way to go, right? Is to make sure that, you know, if you do have these these old systems, these RFID tags, um, don't advertise who they're for. Anything else? Again, this goes into the, you know, what, what should an organization do? Uh, it's not something that I think the average person's going to ever deal with, but, you know, multiple factor authentication. Right. So maybe, you know, you've got a badge and you need a, a thumbprint reader or, or, or something like that. That's that's another good way to make sure that, you know, you, you can't just copy the badge. You also have to copy the badge and have the, the an appropriate thumbprint or, you know, some other sort of um, identifying piece of information. OK, so if I've got this right, a couple of things you can do, mm-hmm. you can get a RFID blocking wallet mm-hmm. companies. And this is, I think, super smart. Companies should not print any information on the RFID card itself. So that if you scan an RFID card you just found lying around, that's all fine and good, but you would have no idea what door it opens. Right, it just it just makes it a little bit more yeah. difficult. That's super smart, and I would have never thought of that. And then the third is, is multi-factor identification. So it's not just your card, but it's also your card and your fingerprint or your card and a pin or something where there's at right. least you know, two stages in place uh, should somebody clone your card. Right, absolutely. I guess the, the wallet is something I can do the other ones, it sounds like my overlord would have to do. Uh, but <laughs> maybe right. my overlord is listening right now. <laughs> hopefully so. Hopefully hopefully the overlord, we pray to the overlord, and hopefully they're listening right <laughs> now, and we'll, and we'll fix it for us. All right, Bruce, thank you very much. I appreciate this. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, I wanted to... Uh, yeah. I wanted to give a shout out though. We, you know, we get. Oh yes, of course. We, we get the uh, the occasional odd, you know, fan mail. Most of it's asking about, you know, how handsome Jeff is in in real life. Um, I hope you answer truthfully. And of, course, of course, of yeah. course. <laughs> uh, but we got one from uh, a guy named Josh who uh, is, a, is a student 
in in Colorado. Um, and he actually sent a link to a bunch of you know articles that he was working on and and some projects that he did on on hacking. And I thought he was did a really good job. I was very impressed to see the the research and kind of the the efforts he was going through to to learn more about computer security. So so good job, Josh. It's always satisfying to see that we are giving something to the children of the world. Absolutely. All right. Well, Bruce, well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. I'm Jeff Siskin, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. As always, if you want to find out more about RFID hacking, please head on over to our website at hackablepodcast.com. And if you haven't checked out the website already, it's pretty snazzy and definitely worth a visit. As well, we have kind of an exciting announcement. Just this past week, our podcast logged its one millionth download, which is totally mind-boggling to me, but something that everyone who works on the show appreciates more than you could ever know. We are so appreciative. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. At this point, it's truly beyond our wildest dreams. So again, thank you. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new show. Until then, thanks for listening.